0: Justice and Comedy Podcast, where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an
1: unspeakable
0: subject.
1: My name is Kay. I'm
0: Carrie. And you probably can't tell our voices apart, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to at one point. It's fine. I'm so proud of us. I know. This is episode two. Um, we are very happy episode that it got Episode two. Far. I know. Uh, so we realized after we recorded the first episode that um, we have this ending um, that, yeah. that we said and we didn't say what it meant. So um, <laughs> that's important. Okay, so um, basically at the end of the um, episodes now, we're going to say um, you are not a monster. And what that means is um, your mental illnesses and um, what makes you you, even if you feel like it's dirty or gross or wrong. That doesn't make you a monster. We're all human. We all have those feelings at some point. Um, And that's kind of the point of the podcast
0: for us is to kind of make people feel, you know, not feel gross. Yeah. Or to pursue or encourage people to pursue help or, you know. Yeah. If you recognize the symptoms of a serial killer in yourself, please get
1: help. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please do. (laughs) Oh, goodness. How (sighs) many glasses of wine have you had so far? I've had three sips. Oh, boy. I've had
0: three sips and it's been a long day, so we'll see how this goes. It'll be really interesting. So today we are talking about anxiety. anxiety.
1: You know, real fun.
0: Not fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Not
0: Not fun. Uh, This is something that we are both very familiar with, though. So. Oh
1: yeah, and fun story. Intimately. Yeah. Fun story. We had a twin breakout like right before we started recording. Uh, we We did.
0: We yeah. had the same pimple on the same cheek.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was we a little were, weird. Yeah, we were um, going to take pictures to promote uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, we were both like frantically covering our faces with makeup at the last minute. <laughs> because we both had this ginormous pimple on with the side of our faces. With its own climate. It yeah. was insane
0: how big mine was. Yeah. Uh, God. Mine it had like three heads. It was just... Mine was just, it was disgusting.
1: Yeah, mine is, like, still there a little bit, and I'm still, like, really self-conscious about it. Also,
0: we're still currently in pre-launch stage, and so I've been stress-eating, like, a monster for the past, like, two weeks straight. I just shoveled a mountain of pasta, cheese, and
1: sauce into my face before we started this. And I just lost 11 pounds because I'm very nervous about a lot of things. And I just
0: probably gained 11 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) because I'm stressed out out about a lot of things it's weird though like usually when I'm anxious I uh usually when I'm anxious I don't eat it's usually the opposite for me but Mm -hmm. this has been this is almost like wedding stress for me oh god I don't know why like when I wedding stress was the opposite as well where I just wanted to eat all the time though Mm -hmm. I kind of thought at the time that it was because I shouldn't you know because like I had to fit into my dress so like I thought Maybe it was one of those reverse psychology, like wanting what you can't have. Things, but I don't know. This is very much. Well, uh, this, this is has also been really a big, commitment. Yeah. Yeah. This, this has been really similar.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is um, this is something that's been a long time in the making. Yeah. I think for both of us, something that we both didn't know we wanted to do until we actually started doing it.
0: I think it's going to be an amazing coping mechanism for both of us. I, I mean, I, I'm hoping that this is really going to help with my confidence and my anxiety. Absolutely. By like giving me some more routine and. I would say getting out of the house, but we're currently in my house. And I would say getting <laughs> off, of my, off of my couch, but I am, in fact, sitting on my couch still. So <laughs> the only change, really, is that there's a different person in my house besides my husband.
1: <laughs> well, hey, hey change is change. I did
0: need something. I needed something else, you know. I'll, you know like I've been wanting to do an Etsy store I've been wanting to do this or that but like I'll cancel on myself all the time yeah. but if I make a commitment with another person and it's mm-hmm. to something I really believe in like this is like it's well, been a lot easier to keep that commitment so
1: yeah and well I think that this will help me with my writing just because I'll be this forces me to research more yeah. than I normally would and um
0: it's gonna help me be actually be informed yeah that's my bit that was my biggest thing like as to why we I landed more towards this topic is because I've kind of kept my head in the sand as far as politics go and as far as news goes and just, you know, the stuff that's going on in the world so much because it's all so negative. It's all been so negative even, oh, even yeah. before this president was elected. But now, like now that there's, now in the current climate that we're in, I, I don't think I can, af- I, I truly can't afford to stay ignorant anymore. So this will actually, fo- it'll help me to get my head out of the sand and actually hopefully we'll be able to make some sort of a difference i don't know yeah well um, if nothing else we'll have fun with each other
1: (laughs) one thing that i've started doing now is i've trained my alexa to uh give me just a blip of news every morning oh that's amazing you'll have to teach me
0: how to do that later
1: yeah um it's really easy to do, and she just goes through, like, a bunch of things, and she puts, like, news from, like, not only America, but also the UK. Yeah. I mean, I That's mean, amazing. other. Yeah. I mean, so.
0: I usually I'll listen to a podcast. I'll ask her about the, the weather every morning, of course, because yeah. my pets have horrible anxiety and things as well. <laughs> surprise surprise we're soulmates oh yeah and, um, but yeah that's incredible that's a really good tip too yeah those of you listening if you have an alexa that's a great way to stay involved as opposed to scrolling through
1: facebook or you know or looking at your news app because you never really know well that's
0: that's my other point is that i don't ever know what's real yeah you know and it's hard to know it's hard to even know who to vote for anymore to be honest with you because it's they just bash each other so it's just like <laughs> yeah. i mean like i don't want to pick my i don't want to just pick my poison yeah Everyone. I want to pick my poison be. in my liquor store, but not in my presidents <laughs> and elected officials. Yeah. Another episode. <laughs> another day. Yeah. Okay, so anxiety. Um, so I am going to start off by um, just talking about some different. I'm going to go ahead and start with a, kick us off with a definition. Um, so in this episode, I just want to clarify that we're not talking about the occasional anxiety that's just kind of an expected part of life. Like, that's not what we're talking about. It's not the scramble for Christmas. It's not the, you know, oh, I might not get this job. It's because you, you might get in trouble at work or before taking a test or, you know, making any kind of super important decision. Like, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about anxiety disorders. Um, specifically we're going to be talking about generalized anxiety disorder and panic disorder which is what we both suffer suffer from
1: oh yes. um,
0: Uh. mine actually manifested in college but the more I've learned about anxiety the more I've realized that I was suffering from it way earlier and just didn't know it until it fully manifested into panic disorder when I was um, when I was in college yeah um, um,
1: I had my very first panic attack when I was 18 I don't know I wasn't even 18 I was 17 I I was 18 or 19 it was my freshman year of college for sure I remember being at home alone and um family member called and screamed at me and um it had me in the floor hyperventilating god could not breathe could not think and like I finally got in touch with my mother and she came home from work it was that bad Mine, I
0: don't even remember what my first one was over because that whole semester was such a blur for me because it it, it manifested so quickly and then it snowballed. I mean, there was disassociation involved and, I, and I, I just, I completely snowballed from there. And the thing was, is that I didn't even completely feel it building. Mm-hmm. It was really strange. It kind of just came out of nowhere and I didn't, well, I, I don't know. It was just, I, I, I also, <laughs> I really disassociated badly. And just to clarify, I would Disso- do you care to define dissociation disassociation? Um, you probably can say it better than me because i don't have it in front of me right now
1: i i can't really define it except for like you're just kind of in this space where you're not sure that one that you're real two that whatever is around you is real um, Well, you
0: disconnect from reality yeah is is what ends up happening it's 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 a disconnect from what's actually happening like at one point i, I I was in that movie with Hayden Christensen where he gets open heart surgery and he he's still like aware of what's going on around him oh that's that he has worst. like that that um that that condition where like um anesthesia doesn't like work on you or something like that like it puts you under but you're still conscious oh no so the movie was amazing by the way <laughs> it was awful but it was amazing it was either that I'm pretty sure that's what we were seeing either that or it was something else that came out that year we were at the movie theater a lot but um I remember I had a lump in my throat from all of the anxiety I'd been experiencing and I thought I could feel, I immediately, my, my mind went, you must have throat cancer. And I could feel it forming in my throat and thought I was going to die in five minutes and we oh. had to leave the theater. I mean, like, that's the level, that, that's where we get into panic disorder and stuff. So let me back up. Um, so there are several types of anxiety disorders, including generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and, um, of course, various phobia-related disorders that we're not going to get into today. Um, So as far as generalized anxiety disorder goes, um, didn't you say you had a thing you wanted to say?
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the authors I'm going to talk more about in my story today, um, his name is Scott Stossel. Um, He defines anxiety as a function of biology and philosophy, body and mind, instinct and reason, personality and culture. Even as anxiety is experienced at a spiritual and psychological level, it is scientifically measurable at the molecular level and the physiological level.
0: Oh, wow. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. It is produced by nature and it is produced by nurture. It is a, is a psychological phenomenon and a sociological phenomenon. In computer terms, it's both a hardware problem and a software problem. The origins of a temperament are manifested. Um, wow, I just fucked that up. No, you way- <laughs> Uh, I can't talk you. They're today, big apparently. words. It's fine. Yeah. The origins of a temperament are many faceted emotional dispositions that may seem to have a simple single source, a bad gene, say, or a childhood trauma may not.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: I read that and I was like, that's perfect. That's beautiful. Yeah. He's um, very poetic.
0: <laughs> we, um, you know, that was something that really stuck out to me when I was experiencing my first symptoms um, in college was that. My parents were so out of their depth because my dad has anxiety disorder. He has generalized anxiety. It's not diagnosed, but, I mean, I can tell you from looking at him, you know. Yeah. Um. He has some very classic symptoms, and um. he's never really treated it because it's really only ever affected his sleep, I think, mm-hmm. more than anything. I mean, I think it affects him more than he lets on because he's a very stoic kind of guy. But, um, you know, I, I was experiencing all these panic attacks and having all of this trouble, and, I mean, um. I mean, I'd had some depression here and there in, in high school as well, which, w- I mean, we're going to have a whole episode eventually, you guys, about, like, our own, we're going to tell you our whole journeys um, individually. That'll be the whole episode. But, um, so I won't get into detail, but my, my dad, he, he called his, my grandpa. My grandpa said something, which really speaks to what an amazing guy my grandpa is, but he, he, he's, he said, Bart, it's real. Like, don't look at it as, it's, this is, like, the things that are stressing her out are real for her. And mm-hmm. this is a real thing. This is not something she's making up. Like, you know, it's not, this isn't some attention thing that teenagers do. Like, this is a real thing. Yeah. And you need to take it seriously, which was really beautiful. I love my grandpa very much. It was, it, it was a really beautiful thing for him to say. But I That's mean, honestly, awesome. like I walked downstairs that day. He had a different medication that my doctor had sent him with. And I walked downstairs from my dorm room and he said that if it didn't work, he was going to take me home that day. That's how bad I looked. I mean, I looked straight up like Sweeney Todd. I oh. had a wife. I mean, I had not slept because I couldn't sleep, because I was afraid if I went to sleep, I wouldn't wake up. I was so pale. I looked like a ghost. And I, of course, had been having panic attacks, so I was crying, Mm -hmm. and so my eyes were red. I looked like a barber who slits people's throats and turns their bodies into meat pies. I mean, it was and sings about it. I mean, it, it was really bad. Anyway, enough about me. Sorry, that was a huge tangent. But anyway, so um, people with generalized anxiety disorder um, display excessive anxiety or worry most days or for at least or most days for at least six months, about a number of things such as personal health, work, social interactions, and everyday routine life circumstances. The fear and anxiety can cause significant problems in the areas of their life, such as social interactions, school, and work. Well, growing up... why I haven't left my
1: house (laughs) except for work. Well, when I was growing up, uh, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother and my aunt, um... My grandmother had general anxiety disorder, Mm -hmm. and I mean, instilled that in me. I mean, every day she was telling me how to, uh, or was making me watch the news so I wouldn't do these things where these people got, like, murdered and raped. I mean, that was shoved down my throat. So
0: yours is kind of a combination, probably, of genetic and trauma. Yeah. From... Someone who's kind of projecting their own anxiety onto you. So generalized anxiety disorder symptoms, not anxiety, (laughs) anxiety disorder symptoms include feeling restless, wound up, or on edge, me, being easily fatigued, me, (laughs) (laughs) probably both of us, Uh having difficulty concentrating, mind going blank, being irritable, having muscle tension, difficulty controlling feelings of worry having sleep problems such as difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep restlessness or unsatisfying sleep hi let's check all of those off on my own list oh my god me too I'm <laughs> <And> textbook <laughs> textbook it's so funny i talked to my th- my the first therapist i had i talked to him for like five minutes about what i was experiencing and he was like oh check <laughs> i'm gonna write you this prescription oh my <laughs> god i mean he was like Yep, you definitely have anxiety disorder, which was incredible because it gave me – it really gave me some perspective. You know when you can kind of – it's not like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm crazy. It was yeah. like, like, what could possibly be wrong with me? Why am I feeling like this? It really, it really was helpful f- to get an actual diagnosis and be like, oh, it's just that over there because mm-hmm. it really helped, really helped me to be able to calm down. But anyway, so um, panic disorder then is what um, mine blo- bloomed into and Kay's, I believe is people with panic disorder have recurrent unexpected panic attacks um panic attacks are sudden periods of intense fear that come on quickly and reach their peak within minutes um attacks oh it's making me anxious just talking about it i'm sorry
1: no it's okay like i've had them while i've been driving like me too i've definitely had them while i've been driving
0: Attacks can occur unexpectedly or be brought on by a trigger such as a feared object or situation. So trigger warning.
1: <laughs> yeah, how important that is. I yeah. mean, and with me like at oh, this shit. point, there are so many things that have been surfacing that I'm not sure what triggers me anymore, I so I have need to, need be to finish super drinking careful. my wine. I'm like Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: like I'm going back. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like flashbacking right now. Flashing back, not flashbacking. <laughs> oh goodness. It's I've okay. Been tra- I was training somebody all day at work, so I'm going to get tongue tied, but um so during a heart, during a panic attack, m- people may experience heart palpitations and a pounding heartbeat or an accelerated heartbeat um, or heart rate. Sorry, sweating. This is one of the things where people go to the emergency room because they think they're having a heart attack. Um, so trembling or shaking sensations of shortness of breath, <sighs> smothering or choking, feelings of impending doom, feelings of being out of control. People with panic disorder often worry about when the next attack will happen can attest to that being true Uh Um, and actively try to prevent future attacks by avoiding places situations or behaviors they associate with panic attacks i definitely do that um i mean i still do it it's been years since i've had a panic attack that's definitely something that my therapist helped me with was learning what my limits are like what triggers it like when he was questioning me in my very first appointment it was like okay so what brings it on more is it when you've been when you don't have enough sleep generally these were what he said was when you don't have enough sleep when you don't have when um and when you have too much to drink or you get too high or whatever, so then you feel too out of control. Like, because I would get, I mean, I was in college, so I would get shit-faced. You know what i Yeah. And get to that point where you feel like you're spinning. And I would get to this point because I have, you know, I, I, I want to be in control. I have, I have a touch of OCD as well. So I would get to a point where I would be so drunk and I would want it to stop and it wouldn't. I couldn't make it stop because I was drunk yeah. and you have to sober up. You know what I'm saying? So you get to that point where you can't make it stop and then you, you know, you get that shortness of breath and then you throw up and then, you know, and you ruin parties is <laughs> what, it, what I felt like I did. You know, I would just, I Oh get my blackout
1: drunk and ruin party. Yes. Yeah,
0: so I just straight up John Mulaney style. <laughs> is this whiskey or perfume? It's perfume. Oh, it's perfume. <laughs> thankfully I never did that but yeah you know what I mean to where someone would have to babysit me and I would feel I would just feel so horrendous about it the next day because I felt like I'd ruined everyone's night so then you have shame and then it brings on another attack again because then you spiral spiral because it's oh my god nobody's gonna invite me anywhere now nobody's I'm not gonna have any friends then I'm gonna die alone and now I'm gonna die in five minutes and (laughs) you know what I mean and it's just that I mean that's that's where it goes yeah and so being able to to Find what your limits are and find what triggers you and then either avoid them or find ways to cope. Set up methods, you know, things like that with a therapist. Anxiety disorders are generally treated with psychotherapy, medication, or both. I can't recommend both highly enough.
1: I have to have both or I spiral so bad.
0: Because it's not just about calming yourself. I mean, medication, there are plenty of medications out there that can calm me down. Yeah. So many. Not to knock medication because I was on medication for a very long time and I've I was able through my own journey, I was able to go through therapy and learn enough coping mechanisms and things like that to where I could that I could apply to my life. And then eventually I I was, in fact, able to get off of them, which which has been a blessing and a curse in many ways. I mean, it's still it's still a struggle. You know what I'm saying? So learning methods. I mean, can't be talked up enough because maybe one day you won't have insurance and your medication's gonna be a thousand bucks a month. You know the what I'm saying? Because we live in the fucking United States yeah. and we have to pay for
1: all of our shit. So like the medicine that I just started is five hundred dollars a month. Fuck me. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I um my insurance covered a lot of it. That's how much my and,
0: medicine used to be, though.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Um, since it's a brand-new medication, there's a, like, $10 coupon for it. So, basically, mm. it's just $10 for an oh, entire year. Oh, that's amazing that, yeah, someone so. was, that
0: you were able to get a hold of something like that. That's yeah, awesome. Well, and, honestly, some people may not be able to get off, off their medication, and mm-hmm. that's okay, too. It's just like needing a pair of glasses. Yeah. It's truly just like needing a pair of glasses. Sometimes you just need a little extra help, and that's okay. It's 100% okay. We all need help sometimes. Um, But honestly, when it comes to anxiety, I, I can't recommend having both highly enough. I mean, being able to sit and learn like, okay, so when you start to feel anxious, sit and like to stop and think, okay, what is it? Why do I feel stressed? Make a list of all the things you're talking about. Okay, well, what can I actually control right now? I'm at work, so I can't make dinner yet. I can't clean the house for tomorrow. I can't do my notes for my podcast episode. You know, I can't can't do those things because I'm at work okay so what can I control right now okay being able to learn how to talk yourself through things like that is huge so that you don't have to be babysat at a party I can go outside when I'm having the spins and say okay breathe stop you know and learn how to kind of calm your heart rate and okay I'm here I am here on earth I am not spinning it's just the alcohol, being able to talk yourself down so that you don't feel like you're ruining parties and you don't feel like nobody's going to bite you out anymore because you vomited all down your dress at a bar talking about the Millennium, Fal- the Millennium Falcon-, Falcon to a stranger. Aww. like. <laughs> and also so you don't have to avoid going to bars or going to concerts because there's a crowd or I mean, it's just it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. It's so, so helpful. And I know I sound super whiny and probably have been rambling a lot, but. Um, psychotherapy or talk therapy um, can help. By the way, all of this has been from the National Institute of Mental Health. We're going to post our sources on, on our blog. But um, anyway, just so that everybody knows where I'm getting this information. I didn't write this myself. This is from the National Institute of Mental Health. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, to be effective, psychotherapy must be directed at the person's specific anxieties and tailored to his or her needs. So like my journey is different than Kay's journey. It's different than your journey. It's different than my dad's journey. It's different from everyone's unique in this, as to what triggers us, as to what helps us. And that's why it's so important to find a therapist that you click with and to do therapy. Even if you don't do medication, I feel like therapy is more effective.
1: Yeah. And you have to actually talk to your therapist.
0: And (laughs) tell them the truth. Right, Kay? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Because that's the thing is that your therapist isn't there to judge you and they can't tell anybody anything. Yeah. They can't call your mom and say, oh, she's gay, by the way. Like, they can't say, oh, she had an abortion and didn't
1: tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, part of my problem when I first started therapy was that I couldn't find a therapist I clicked with, and so
0: important. Yeah,
1: and like my um, my gut instinct was to make sure to make them think I had it all together, and so that you didn't have to see them anymore. Yeah, yeah, and, I get that. Yeah, and they would like taper me off to only like once a month, and then I would spiral. And then you would crash again. Yeah. yeah,
0: and see, that's the other thing is that because we have anxiety. We think that they're going to judge us. And then it's, oh, no, they're going to hate me if I switch. And what if they tell people? And what are they going to think of me? They're going to hate me when this person has, is not going to care. You're just another, you know, you're just another patient. And they understand that they don't because they're therapists. Yeah. They understand that not everyone clicks with them. They're not hurting for business. Go find someone that works for you. You're paying. Usually, I mean, I think Kay's been lucky enough to find someone at the university that were are nearby uh, mm-hmm. that, can see her for free which is incredible
1: yeah Um, so definitely
0: if you're struggling look into something like that because um universities do things with their psychology students
1: isn't that what it is yeah so basically she's um in the psychology program and they have to get so many hours of actual therapy
0: Mm -hmm. and so they can get certified yeah yeah
1: yeah and so she works for a place called family works and um they they allow her to do sessions for free on site and um that's they have to have
0: someone licensed in the building,
1: yeah, um, but it is kind of like student teaching it sounds like yeah it's yeah. been amazing. It's been something I desperately needed. She's somebody around my age that I can actually kind of click with.
0: That's amazing. yeah I'm so happy for you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Kay's been struggling to find a therapist that she clicks with for a long time, and I'm so, so happy she's got someone who can actually help her. I love yeah. you. Oh, I love you too <laughs> um, If you are one of those people that maybe can't afford a $350 an hour therapist like mine was. Thankfully, my parents were paying for it when I was in college. Oh, God, um, yeah. And then I could get, you know, sometimes your health insurance reimburses you. Um, but if you're one of the unlucky people whose health insurance is from, you know, 1980 and doesn't think mental health is a thing, you know, a lot of insurances do cover it now, I believe. But, um, you know, just make sure that you're helping yourself. It's worth the money. I mean, honestly, if it helps you to live, it's worth it.
1: Yeah, and if you're making money why not necessarily that a lot of us are in a position where we can hoard it no. but if you have the extra money to spare to do it it is 100% going to help you in the long run i mean
0: honestly it's 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 an investment in yourself in your quality of life
1: cuz i mean like it has definitely improved mine self-harming and other things that we do to self-medicate are not at all going to keep you running those
0: are band-aids yeah and you have to treat the tumor you know Mm -hmm. i mean it's just you 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 can't put a you can't put a band-aid on a tumor it does nothing you absolutely have to treat the source yeah um so anyway cognitive behavioral therapy um is is an example of one type of psychotherapy that can help people with anxiety disorders so it teaches people like i said this is what teaches people different ways of thinking behaving and reacting to anxiety producing, and fearful objects and situations. Um, So this can also help people learn and practice social skills, which is vital for treating social social anxiety disorder. Um, That's definitely something that I learned in therapy was when you're, when you really feel like you want to cancel, because I always feel like I want to cancel before I do anything with, anyone. Oh yeah. Because I would always rather be on my couch watching a Ted Bundy special on Netflix. (laughs) I mean, always 100% of the time I would always rather be there, but I, but what I found is that I end up feeling guilty the next day when I cancel, which then makes me feel more anxious, which makes me feel depressed because I can't get off my couch and do anything. And then I feel anxious because I'm going to lose all my friends, but you can't get up. Because because I also have depression, but you can't do anything about it because you feel tired, and then it's just you know it just it's it just it spirals from there. So I've always found that when I say yes to it, about 95 percent of the time it ends up being amazing, and I feel so much better. Yeah, by saying yes and actually following through, And than if I do you, when I cancel.
1: Yeah, you know? and so at least go, and, if you, like it, and you if you don't, don't like it, it yeah, you can an always make it. Yeah, you can always fucking leave. leave. Yeah. And you
0: know what's great is that most of my friends know I have anxiety, and they're not gonna be fucking mad. They're not gonna be mad or judge me for leaving and being like, "Listen, I'm just really not feeling it tonight, guys. I'm feeling super tired. I'm stressed at work. Like, I'm just gonna call it an early night. Love you." Yeah. Nobody feels the worse. Like, I mean, some of my friends have anxiety too, so maybe they're like, "Does she not? Do- Why doesn't she like me?" Or something like that. But I think we all have a pretty good understanding of each other. I mean, you and I do, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Of like, hey,
0: listen, I'm like. One time, I had to stay at Kay's house for like an entire weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because of snow yeah because i live an hour away from where we were both working at the time i don't work there anymore i work 10 minutes away now but um we were working at the same store and there was so much snow that i missed a week of work and then i was like okay well i can't miss out on a week of pay anymore so i came and i stayed at k's house and like we had originally made plans or something to hang out that weekend or something like that Yeah, and, and then, then we were like, both just
1: like we I can't. Can't, yeah. I can't like
0: i love you but i really need to not see your face anymore socialed out, I can't handle it anymore and I need yeah. to go home. And she and she was like, Yeah, I get it <laughs> saying, Thankfully we were able to talk to each other that way and not be mad. Yeah. And we both got it, you know. Mm-hmm. So um of course if you're feeling that way towards any of your friends, it's 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 beautiful to see what happens when you actually open up to your friends and trust them. A lot of times those of us with anxiety don't feel like we can trust trust others, but it's really incredible when you do I might cry. Um, it's really incredible when you do actually open up to your friends and you don't make it and you don't keep it a secret for yourself that you're just suffering in silence alone. It can be really beautiful to open up and um, really
1: just be the let ar- them be there for you. you. Like, trust
0: yeah. them, trust that they're gonna let you be you, and trust that they're gonna support you because it's incredible when people really are your friends. If you have someone, if you tell someone you have an anxiety disorder, and they don't get it, and they treat you like you're a freak. That's not somebody that you want to have you have as your friend, anyway. You know? Yeah. Which is, I mean, easy for me to say as an unbiased third party over here who knows nothing about you. But hopefully, we'll get to know you guys more. But um, hopefully, someone will listen. Yeah. But um, <laughs> God, please listen. Um, but it's really beautiful when you do actually allow yourself to trust and let someone in, and um, it's incredible the support that that brings you know i mean not that you should rely on your friends for everything that's definitely where therapy is very very helpful and you know you need you need we all need professional help from time to time and just learning what the boundaries are with what you can rely on for your friends and what you should rely on a therapist for are, are is very important but it's it's so important for recovery to have that support a solid support system like that so anyway sorry for that tangent <laughs> again but, <laughs> but um so Cognitive therapy and exposure therapy is another thing um, that are two of these types of uh, cognitive behavioral therapies uh, that are most often used. So together or by themselves, they're used to treat social anxiety disorder, meaning your therapist might give you homework and say, hey, so I want you to go to that party this weekend for five minutes. I just want you to stop by and say hi and then go home. You know what I'm saying? Just Mm -hmm. to dip your toe, and then go. And kind of get used to the, get used to the temperature, yeah. so to speak. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So that's where, and that can make people feel so anxious too. That's not going to be your first day. Believe me. They're oh going to put no. in, they're going to put in so much more time and they're not going to give you anything like that until you feel ready. If they're a good therapist, if they start pushing you and you're not comfortable and they're not listening to you, switch therapists. Yeah, Fucking Because you're paying
1: them. Like they work for you.
0: They work for you. You're paying them 350 an hour. 350 an hour yeah just so you know that's okay you can switch therapists and you should be able to tell your therapist i'm just really not comfortable with this yet and then be like okay so what can we do to move to move you forward or whatever um so the combination of good self-help information and working with an experienced anxiety disorder coach counselor or therapist is the most effective way to address any anxiety disorder and its many symptoms um, until the core causes of anxiety are addressed, the underlying factors that motivate apprehensive behavior, a struggle with anxiety disorder, can, turn, can return again and again. Um, identifying and successfully addressing anxiety's underlying factors is the best way to overcome problematic anxiety. 100%. I agree with that. Oh, yeah.
1: Because, again, like you said earlier, you have to treat the tumor. Oh, of course.
0: And the medication can help in the beginning as well. Or forever if it has to. But if the apocalypse happens and we're not, you know what I mean, and we don't have access to medication for some reason or another. Or, you know, some people in other countries don't have the access to pharmaceuticals that we do in America, which is too much.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> but
0: um, the, the methods there are, are important. So medication, here it is, right here from the National Institute of Mental Health. Medication does not cure anxiety disorders. Does not cure it. No. No. But it can help relieve the symptoms while you're learning. Medication for anxiety is prescribed by doctors, such as a psychiatrist or a primary care provider. Um, I would not get that from your primary care provider unless it's been approved by your therapist. Um, I went through a lot before I went to therapy. With ju- I was just going through my primary care provider. I was just trying to find relief, though, at the time. Thankfully, it was traumatic enough for me that I decided that I needed to get help. Yeah, um, I really was like, okay, I can't live like this sorry, my heart is racing. It's okay. Because I am, like, I am back there right now. Like, I'm just, I'm just completely reliving this right now. You're okay, um, to take a minute. Oh, shoot.
1: Yeah, when, um right now I'm trying to find the perfect cocktail for me, and what I've got going on right now is awesome, but um my psychiatrist was like, look, you know, we have this new technology now. She's like, I'm going to send you this kit, and you can do it or you can't. It'll just... Narrow down the list. So basically, it's a genetics test, and oh, that's amazing! I've never heard
0: of that. That must be new.
1: Yeah, you swab the inside of your cheek, you send it off, and they go through this list of medications that'll work with your body chemistry and what won't. Oh my god! Yeah. So like that'll narrow down what works and what doesn't for you. And DNA is incredible. Yeah, and if you have the money to do it, I would highly suggest going ahead and doing it, especially if you're struggling. Um, but that is
0: magic.
1: Yeah. She was like, wow. it won't, she was like, it won't find you the perfect one, but it'll give us it'll a list help. to work from.
0: Because that was what I ran through was I had, you You have to really pay attention. So this is my PSA for going on medication. Uh, when you go on medication, when you try any new psych, psycho, what, what are they called? Psych, any kind of psych drug. Yeah. Psychological drug. I don't know what they're. Psychedelic. Psychedelic. <laughs> Any kind of psychedelic drug. No, um any kind of psychological drug that you get put on at all. Mood stabilizer, antidepressant, anti anxiety, ADD, anything. Pay very close attention to your feelings. Pay very close attention to your moods, your physical symptoms really pay attention and it's I mean for it takes a few months even sometimes for them to work through your through your system and really start being completely effective and this is where therapy really comes into play because you have to really learn how to identify your feelings that's the biggest thing that I learned when I was in therapy was how to really identify what I'm feeling specifically no I'm not just feeling sad am I feeling depressed am I upset am I disappointed am I irritated you know like we have several different words for for emotions in, in our language because we need them yeah. Because they're specific, you know. I can snap at my husband, and he'll be like, "Why are you pissed?" And I'm like, "I'm not pissed. I'm frustrated because you're not listening." Or you know, or and and uh, therefore we can then communicate with each other. And thankfully, he's been to therapy as well, so we we're, we're able to. It helps in your communication with people, and being able to really find the root of the issue and blah blah blah. But it also helps in really being able to identify. Okay, so why am I feeling angry out of nowhere? Okay, this isn't a usual path of thought for me, so maybe I need to talk to my therapist again about changing my medication. Yeah. I mean, there was at one point I tried some drug, and it made me so angry that I punched a wall in an elevator. When have you ever known me to be that angry? Oh, God, never. Have you ever seen me punch anything? No. I mean, I've talked about being angry, just, you know, fantasy violence of like, Oh, that person made me angry, I'm going to punch them in the face. But I've never acted on anything like that. I am not a violent person, in any sense of the word. And... Clearly that was not regular behavior, and thankfully I had told enough people around me that they were like, they supported me and like, okay, yeah, I think we need, we think, uh, we agree, we think you, uh, you need to change your medication as well. Yeah. So and it's, it's going to be a journey. You have to find what works for you, and it's going to be hard. The thing
1: that kind of sucks, and here I am talking about me again, I'm sorry. No, it's um, fine. I, I have a... That's what
0: this podcast is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I have this really big struggle with rage. And it's something that, it's not necessarily new, but it's something that, because of things that have come to light recently, something that I'm struggling with more. Because the only person that I have ever been able to be enraged by, she's no longer in my life, but, like, when I was younger, I almost punched a hole in the wall, Mm -hmm. because she made me so mad. Like, I... Punched her in the
0: face one time. If you guys ever knew Kay, like, Kay is the sweetest, most (laughs) warm and loving person on the face of the planet. So if anyone can drive her to rage that much, you can just imagine how toxic that person was. But anyway.
1: Yeah, but something that my therapist and I have been working on is like working on why I'm so angry because it's not just anger, it's rage. It's like pure... Yeah, rage
0: is different than anger. Yeah, sure. and
1: she's like, okay, that's a secondary emotion. What's the first one? Yeah. And... Like, what's the root? Yeah, so yeah. being able
0: to walk yourself through those emotions. Yeah. But again, making sure you're paying attention whenever you try a new cocktail. Yeah. Or, you know, not alcoholic cocktail. Yeah. We're talking about a drug cocktail. Okay. <laughs> But <laughs> a thank new God, pharmaceutical
1: cocktail. Yeah, but thank God, my medicine right now is like not letting me get that angry anymore. So,
0: and there's a lot of side effects that can come with these. That like, like I, tr- I was on an antidepressant for a while. I think it I'm not gonna name what it was, but um, I, w- I got put on kind of a, a, pr- a fairly popular antidepressant that for me and my body made me have no fucking sex drive, and I'm not down, <laughs> not down with that. I, I like an orgasm, so um literally couldn't feel a thing and that like you know and I was just like okay
1: don't like this not
0: down not down and I emailed my therapist and I was like nah this isn't working (laughs) (laughs) I need to go back on what I was on before because nope
1: yeah (laughs) at least I could come (laughs) like I'm (laughs) not doing that that's the only good thing in this life (laughs) yes this is the
0: one thing I have (laughs) and that's such a I mean not to be super weird and like TMI but like that's such a release for me as well, just as a person whose love language is touch and things like that. Like, that's such a stress release for me. Yeah. That that was making my anxiety worse because it was also affecting my marriage and things like that. So, you know, just really pay attention to, to how you're feeling and how things affect you. Because that same drug might not affect you
1: that way. And also, do not take anything that you are not prescribed. Yeah. I made that mistake once and I <sighs> will never do that again. Turns out I'm allergic to Welbutrin. Oh, no, Okay. Yeah, I thought I was going to die while I was taking a final. Um, thought I was going to die while I was taking a final. My mom got sincerely worried about me one day because I was, I could not quit crying. I was upset all the time. And she was like, you have to go on medication and you have to go on it immediately.
0: Yeah, I and mean, that's how mine was too. Because yeah. I, I had let it spiral for so long. And it was definitely a, an emergency fly in the lorazepam. <laughs> Which is the best?
1: Yeah. By the way, like, do not take that
0: recreationally. It's highly addictive, which is why I can't be on it.
1: Well, my mom had like extra wellbutrin. She's like, I just want you to take a pill, just one. And like, I felt fine that night, and then I took it again the next day because like I was going to the doctor in a couple of days, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be fine. And then my throat started closing. Oh up. my
0: god, Kay! Not just a panic attack of I feel
1: like my throat's closing up. Yeah. Your no, throat it was, was closing. It was That's closing insane. up. Oh, that's so and scary. like I was about to take a final and I was the only person taking it and like my professor caught me before I could go home and like I couldn't tell I didn't know how to tell him that my throat was closing up so I sat there and I took this test Oh my amazingly God. I that's did better nuts! on that one than any of my others <laughs> but yeah oh
0: man that's nuts yeah real quick so some of the common classes of me- so I'm going to talk real I'm finishing up medication and I've got some stats and then it's all you okay, okay? so um Some states also allow psychiatrists who have received specialized training to prescribe psychiatric medications. I think that's kind of rare. But um, the most common classes of medications used to combat anxiety disorders are anti-anxiety drugs, such as this big long word that I'm not going to (laughs) pronounce. So anti-anxiety drugs, antidepressants, and beta blockers. Um, Just to throw some words out so you can maybe recognize some things or direct your questions accordingly or, you know, when you talk to your doctor. Um, so the uh, the for me before I talk about stats the biggest help that I have found for my anxiety is perspective. Um, being able to talk to a friend about what's stressing you out or to really my brothers my brother gave me this which was in five years is it gonna matter?
1: That's a really good way to look at
0: it. I in mean, five right now, years is it gonna matter that that customer w- left the store irritated with you? In five years is it gonna matter that you didn't have the right pillows on your couch? In five years, is it going to matter that you had this argument with your with mom? You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and sometimes, yes, it will. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things to really be able to sit and think, okay. You know, and I would panic and get stressed at the end of a breakup thinking I'd wasted time. And that's not ever the case. You've never wasted time.
1: You're always learning. You feel learning. like you've, you've
0: lost four years of your life on this person or whatever. And it's not. As long as you learned something in five years, is it going to matter? No, because you'll probably be with somebody else. You know, it's just... Getting perspective on that and knowing that you're not alone. That this is, in fact, as we get into stats, you're going to see how those of you who are listening that have anxiety, you'll see how not alone we all actually are. Um, You're not just crazy, I promise. It's definitely treatable. It's definitely something that lots of people are struggling with.
1: And uh, if it makes you guys feel any better, when I was doing some of my research on this, it came up that this is more common than the common cold. Oh, 100%. I mean, doctors hear it all the time.
0: I have a beautiful pie chart (laughs) that I'm going to post for you guys. um, So this is now, now we're on to um, anxietycenter.com, but um, this is an article from that. Um, So anxiety has become the number one mental health issue in North America. It's actually estimated that one third of North American adult population experiences anxiety and wellness issues a third of the population you guys that's a fuck ton of people
1: oh god yeah that's
0: just in america that's just north america and
1: it's not just an american thing it's everywhere it is
0: it's worldwide mm-hmm. we could i would, uh, it's I don't a know. fight
1: or flight response that we have just continued to take and almost overuse i mean that's why so many people have heart issues now because you're just so anxious and you're using that adrenaline and you're putting your heart through so much stress and you you have to watch it Mm -hmm. like you have to be careful i think
0: they were talking about that on my favorite murder one time that Georgia said that her therapist had told her that it's like one theory which i'm sure it's it's never just one theory but you know it's always a combination of many in my in my mind but uh one theory that her therapist had shared with her was that it's um it's evolutionary it's something from when we were primal that -hmm. helped us survive before civilization the fact that you're constantly checking for risk factors and constantly worrying about things it's because we can't apply them to modern life because we're not out hunting in the woods all the time and looking for risks and predators and
1: you know (laughs) so we would have been badass bitches that's why why we're were still
0: around (laughs) uh but yeah we would have been we would that's why it's definitely one of those things that's more popular than people realize it's it feels mental health it can be so alienating and we definitely don't that's one of our main goals on this podcast is to make that not be a thing anymore we want to remove that stigma and make you feel like you're you're worthwhile and that you're not crazy and that you're you're worth investing the time in your mental health and you're a beautiful flower (laughs) they're kidding Blossom with help. I've had too much wine. Anyway, um, so some stats real quick. So um, some anxiety disorder statistics. So anxiety disorders affect 18.1% of adults in the United States, which doesn't sound like a lot. But that's approximately 40 million adults between the ages of 18 and 54. Yeah. And that's according to the National Institute of Mental Health. Current estimates put this number much higher, actually, because that's just the reported cases. Think about the people that just sit alone in, in fear and feel like they can't deal, uh, which makes me want to cry. Um, so we're up to approximately, like I said earlier, so that it's actually, they approximate that it's actually closer to 30%. Um, as many people, like I said, don't don't seek help or are misdiagnosed or don't know that they have issues with anxiety. Maybe they've been diagnosed with a heart condition instead of anxiety. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I mean, it's called practicing medicine. It's not accurate. Yeah. It's human, you know. Um, human error. Until we get robot doctors, I think we're... I mean, there's always going to be human error. Um, so, an according to... This this blew my mind. According to the Economic Burden of Anxiety Disorders, which is apparently a book or an article, a study commissioned by these the ADAA and based on data gathered by the association and published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology or Psychiatry, anxiety disorders... Are you
1: ready for this? I don't know. Anxiety
0: disorders cost the U.S. more than $42 billion dollars a year
1: yeah because of days off that people have to take for yeah, being that's so what, stressed out and mm-hmm. sick and yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. almost one third of the 148 billion total mental illness health health bill
1: oh my god that's so much fucking money i know that's sickening
0: so here we go more than 22.84 billion dollars of those costs are associated with the repeated use of healthcare services meaning and i i kind of took that to mean like when you have to go to the emergency room because you think you're having a heart attack yeah kind of thing or when you, even i mean um hypochondriac hypo, hypochondriacism what is the word hypochondriasm I, think, I'm I not don't sure. know people who are hypochondriacs yeah um you know they go to the doctor all the time because they think they have this or that or this or that and they don't mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's just it's always it, it, it's it's that number is just staggering to me that's oh, just yeah. so crazy people with an anxiety disorder are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor and six times more likely to be hospitalized for psy- psychiatric disorders than non-sufferers I feel like those are for that's more for people who let it spiral yeah real bad you know, into, like you said, self-harm. And uh, what else did you say? Uh, self-harm, binging. Eating disorders. Yeah. It can full go into full-on depression. It can contribute to your depression even more and be like, okay, well, there's no life's not worth living if I feel this way kind of thing.
1: Yeah, just any way that you try to self-medicate that's not... Oh, that's true. Yeah, overdoses yeah. probably
0: is in there as well. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Um, so a recent survey showed 41% of employees from a range of industries reported... hammy. Sorry, that was my dog getting off the couch, guys. We don't have a studio yet. Um, (laughs) um, So if
1: you'd like to go to our Patreon... Yeah, right?
0: (laughs) Oh, God. If you want to go to our Patreon. Um, So a recent survey showed 41% of employees from a range of different industries reported high levels of anxiety in the workplace. Another report found that more than half of college students sought, sought, actually sought help for their anxiety issues, which is amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I think uh-huh. it's more accessible now than it, it has is, ever definitely. been.
0: And, I mean, college, you're so stressed in college. I mean, I think that's why mine manifested so quickly and snowballed like it did. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't really struggling, like, it's, it's still a mystery to me. But, I mean, who knows? It was – that was so crazy. So research has found that anxiety can impede learning – which is not great for college, um, which often leads to lower academic achievement and performance, which, you know, colleges don't want. So thankfully, many other colleges are offering what you're involved in yeah. as something that their students can access. Um, so like I said, approximately 30% of the adult population of North America have anxiety unwellness wellness issues, or an an- which means an anxiety disorder of some kind. Um, only one-third will receive treatment. And of those, only 10% will receive proper treatment. Oh. I think because we're so dependent on drugs here in this country. Oh, yeah. We're so dependent on pharmaceuticals. Everyone who has acid reflux, it's not, oh, I'll stop eating chili dogs. It's, oh, I'll take this pill which isn't always the case. And I know that for some people it is chronic and it, you can't control it with, with, with diet. But mo- the majority of the time, those kinds, you know, there's so many things in our lives that we can control through dieting or through exercise or through developing some sort of habit or routine that we just won't do it. And we just want to take a pill. because yeah. It's a quick fix. So I think, I mean, I think that's that, or maybe it's some kind of psychic, it's probably a therapist yeah. malpractice or, you know, something like that, which is really sad. Um, And it also says those who experience anxiety have a very high propensity for drug abuse and addictions, which is fair. I mean, that's what you've been saying about, like, self-medicating and things like that. Yeah. A lot of people, lots of people use weed. I don't feel like that would work for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It would make me more stressed out. I
0: think it would make me more stressed out, too. Josh always says that it has made him feel, like, really paranoid and stuff. So, I mean, I use CBD oil now with great effectiveness, but that's not with the THC in it, which is what weed is. Um I don't want to be high because I don't want to be out of control. Yeah. You know. Further statistics. Real quick, and then I'm passing the baton. 65% of North Americans take prescription medications daily, which is what I was saying earlier. Uh, 43% take mood-altering prescriptions regularly. Um, there were over 3.3 3 billion prescriptions filled in America in 2002.
1: Oh, God. Can you imagine how much higher that is? That's
0: 12 times the U.S.'s population. That's 12 prescriptions for every man, woman, and child that year in the U.S. Oh, my God. If you distributed it regularly. That's how many more pharmaceuticals we're taking in this country. That's insanity. Insanity.
1: And that was just 2002. And that's
0: not even just psychiatric drugs. Like, that's everything. That's painkillers. That's... Antibiotics. uh, Allergy medicine. Antibiotics. Anything. That's everything. That's insane.
1: Yeah. That's insane.
0: Here we go. So Paxil and Zoloft, two of the more popular anti-anxiety medications, ranked 7th and 8th in the top 10 prescribed medications. You are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> These two medications totaled almost $5 billion in sales in 2002. So if you're out there feeling like you are the only person who feels the way that you feel, I guarantee you there are $5 billion worth of people who are feeling what you're feeling. Oh, yeah. So lots of recreational drugs are also used to cope with anxiety. 42% of young adults in America regularly use recreational drugs. Uh, that's from the National Institute on Drug Abuse. Um, alcohol. Hi! Alcohol is commonly used to cope with anxiety. I don't use that. I'm not an alcoholic, by the way. Like, I don't drink in the morning. I, don't, I generally don't use it Yeah. that way. It's just that sometimes at night when I get home, it's hard for me to relax. So I'll have a glass of wine. And play a video game or something. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not, I don't use it daily.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we the
0: do day, not
1: drink daily. a glass of wine or a jar of wine every day. I don't I? drink
0: a whole bottle of wine a day. It tastes lovely. It makes me feel happy. It helps me chill yeah. a little bit at the end of the day. Um, and I don't think that's wrong. Yeah. You know, that I, sounds. I mean, in I mean moderation, it's and, fine. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I know my limits and things like that. So I don't get drunk every night. It's not like that. It's one or two glasses of wine. Yeah. Maybe a couple of beers and a shot. Okay, fine. No, I'm just kidding. 100% kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so here, last, last couple of sets. Um, so generalized anxiety disorder, that is 6.8 million people suffer from that. So that's 3.1%. Uh, women are twice as likely to be affected than men. Found that interesting. Um, and it's very likely to coexist with other disorders. Um, hi, that's me. that's you too isn't it same yes same (laughs) z's ocd me again yay uh that's 2.2 million uh one percent equally common across men and women um panic disorder me again i did not organize these by order (laughs) for myself uh six million so that's 2.7. So that's kind of higher up like like generalized anxiety. Yeah. Um and then uh post traumatic stress, so PTSD. Right here. That's you. That's why Yay! I can't sleep. This is your whole list. Yeah. Um <laughs> 7.7 million. So that's 3.5%. That's even higher than people with generalized anxiety. Oh my god. That's insane. Wow. I didn't know that was that high.
1: Yeah, so and you're like You're really not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean like PTSD anymore isn't just um having been in more, you know no, I, that's
0: what I was about to say is yeah. uh, women are more likely to be afflicted than men. Hi because we get harassed and raped all the time. Uh, rape is most likely the trigger of PTSD. Uh, 65% of men and 45% of women who are raped will develop that disorder. Um, also childhood abuse. Sex, childhood sexual abuse is a strong predi- pre- la 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 la. can't speak. Childhood sexual abuse is a strong predictor of lifetime likelihood for developing PTSD as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, none of those even mention, none of the, none of that even mentions war. Yeah. Or being held up at gunpoint at a store, which is another thing a friend of ours suffers from, you know? Yeah. I mean, just all of that. And, like,
1: not, not that Our war police officer, is... Or,
0: or police officers, or, you know, it's just, that's what, this is what makes up, like, kind of the biggest percentage, it seems like.
1: Yeah, but, like, not, not to downgrade anybody that has PTSD from being in war, but I mean, a lot of people want to jump to the conclusion that that's the only reason you should have PTSD, and it's not.
0: And I think this is more kind of talking about the general public, the general, like, civilian public anyway. Um, So uh, social anxiety disorder, uh, 15 15 million people. Oh, wow. Uh, That's 6.8%. That's twice as much as generalized anxiety disorder. I think I just have a touch of social anxiety. Not really... I, I don't have I don't know that it's a full blown disorder. I think it's just kind of anyway. Uh specific phobias. Uh that's nineteen million. Eight point seven percent.
1: Oh my god. Again women
0: are twice as likely to be afflicted as men. I wonder what that's about. It must be some that deep anxiety that's implanted in our brains from a young age of just fearing the world and fearing attack all the time. Yeah. I mean
1: well, when it's shoved down your throat, how can you not? Yeah,
0: you guys um, definitely visit these websites if you're, um, if you feel like you may, you may have one of these and you haven't been diagnosed, so that you can kind of direct the conversation with your doctor, or so that you can seek out a therapist that specializes is an, an anxiety. And I'm gonna pass the baton to my beautiful co-host. <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> I try, and I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my wine. <laughs>
1: And um, a lot of my information today comes from a website called brainpickings.org. Ooh. Yes, it is a wonderful website that I just discovered. It looks like it's very reputable. Um, if you want to donate to something, that's a great place to donate because, I mean, they, they do a fantastic job. Uh, so, let's see here.
0: Doing what? Just providing information? Again? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So, um, why are we so stressed? Right now.
0: Great question, because that <laughs> those numbers were staggering to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um I got this information from Psychology Today, uh, Doctor Jean- G. <laughs> Sorry, sad.
0: sad. That's
1: why we're stressed. Oh yeah. Fake. <laughs> Fake news.
0: Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: My grandmother uses that language. Kidding. She's just.
0: She's a Trump tweet.
1: Oh god, yes. Oh no. You haven't talked to me in a year. Sad.
0: Oh, no.
1: I oh. can totally laugh about it now, guys. It's fine. <laughs>
0: too soon
1: <laughs> it's not too soon it's fine <laughs> i gotta laugh about it oh no okay so uh dr gene m Tw- uh twingy i think her name is i apologize if i mispronounced that um she's the author of generation me and a contributor on psychology today um she gave gave us these three theories um one is that our relationships and community ties are weaker um yeah, I could see that. Sorry, guys.
0: My dog just jumped in my face.
1: Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I've been living in the same neighborhood for 11 years now, and I have met two of my neighbors.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. talk to my neighbors. I've met one.
1: Yeah. Because he was nice. Yeah. The only reason I've met those two neighbors is because I went to school with them for four years.
0: Yeah, he's distr- distantly related to us by marriage through, like, Josh's aunt's husband yeah I say aunt's husband because his aunt is directly related to him, and she married you know okay a man outside of <laughs> outside of the family of course so yeah, his dad's sister's husband I would hope so yeah, so he's related <laughs> to us by marriage,
1: okay, yeah, so like again, like you would probably meet him outside of your neighborhood, but like we're not really like figuring out what's going on with our neighbors anymore like we're not. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's also like a very good environment for well, like if they're sex weird? trafficking. Well, I mean, like- <laughs> well, I mean, I get it, but it's yeah. also part of why there's such a huge um, amount of sex trafficking in this country because no one's no one's paying attention, because nobody's looking. People yeah. aren't in each other's houses as much, I guess. Yeah, oh, this that's is crazy. why. Yeah, this is why kids are getting kidnapped because no one's looking. That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I
0: mean, my dad talks to his neighbors and stuff, but you're right. I mean, they don't really socialize. They don't have them over. Yeah. You know, like they talk in passing. Yeah.
1: And but I mean, I get, I mean, I get the fear, but I mean, it's also, it's really sad because I mean, things are going on in your neighborhood and you would have no idea. Yeah. Because you're not speaking to them. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so number All two, of my neighbors
0: have been huge weirdos. To be fair,
1: yeah, we lived fair. next
0: door. When we first got married, Josh was still in the house he was living in while he was going through college, and his neighbor would go outside and like just rev his motorcycle at 6 a.m. for no reason. That lunatic <laughs> like inherited a buttload of money and like put in a pool in this like shitty neighborhood oh my god where it made no sense put up this giant privacy fence and decreased his property value because now you can't walk in his yard because it's filled with a pool yeah and and then he would talk to him like if josh was unlucky enough to come home from work while that dude was outside he would stop him and talk to him for like 30 minutes and not let him get a word in edgewise to be like hey i can't speak i have to like stop here to eat a sandwich and then go back to work because i'm on my lunch break
1: yeah but number two is that we're more focused on goals such as money, fame and image, which is um correlated with anxiety and depression. Who knew? Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Um uh,
0: who to thunk. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and number three is something that I have a lot of experience with and my mom keeps telling me I need to quit. Um our expectations are too high, probably because of the emphasis on you can be anything you want to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is not true. No. Like, there are some people that are made to be leaders. There are some people that are made to not be leaders. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, some people are cool. creative. Some people aren't. Yeah. You know, we have to have that balance or our society is just dull. You know.
0: That's fair. And we look at, I mean, a lot of social media is like that, too. Where you, you have to, it took me a long time to realize that people just post the highlights of their life. Like, when I was super depressed before I got my new job and stuff, uh-huh. I was absent. From social media every now yeah. and then I would get online when I couldn't sleep and like like a bunch of people's photos. But I was absent. Yeah. People, only you know, we all only put kind of I don't know how we can remedy that, but except to just tell everybody that that's not real life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like everyone is not super happy and perfect. Yeah. Even when people have kids have, you know, are married with kids and have, the, have bought a nice house, it doesn't mean that things are going well for them. Yeah, no. Internally.
1: And I mean, I, really I had to... That's such a contributing factor yeah. that
0: people don't realize.
1: I had to drop off the face of the earth with Facebook for a really long time while Me I was too. working on myself.
0: It all gets so negative, too, where people, even when you do post your happy moments, people, some troll comes in and, you know.
1: Or which is why I
0: don't do public posts on Facebook for my own account. I do. Yeah. I have everything
1: set to where only my friends can see it. Yeah. Because I don't... <laughs> um. But, like there's this emphasis on you can be anything you want to be and highly positive self views, which I mean like that can go either way. It's good Mm -hmm. to have a good uh, self view, but it's also good to realize where you can improve.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: And, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, you're not going to notice anything, but we just had to take a potty break. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) My dog had to pee too.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So I was reading a New York Times article. Um, I thought I was gonna use a story and then I didn't end up using it. So, um Yeah, but this it, episode's
0: gonna be a little bit different. But yeah. this is I mean it's another aspect of social justice. It's not yeah. always gonna be a crime
1: Yeah. Where there's murder involved.
0: It's you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a crime against humanity.
1: Yeah. Well, there is going to be a story in this. It's just gonna take me in a minute mm. to get there. So. Gotcha. Um, Alrighty, so um, I was reading this New York Times article about teenagers today, mm-hmm. and I can relate because this is exactly how I was feeling in high school, and it's how I was feeling in college, and why I needed to take a year and just step back and figure out what my priorities yeah, were yeah, yeah, yeah. And, before I could go back. So, um, Sonia Luther, a professor of psychology at Arizona State University. Did you say
0: professor? <laughs> did i say
1: professor i'm so tired
0: it's okay
1: i'm so sorry that was
0: really funny <laughs> the professor.
1: um i'm sorry a better oh person would have let that go <laughs> yes. um okay so the professor of psychology at arizona state university uh she has studied distress and res- resilience wow And both well-off and disadvantaged teenagers. So she was kind of looking at who's more anxious and um, who struggles the most. Um, And kind of the, the underlying stressor is that these students can never get to a point where they can say, okay, I've done enough and I can stop
0: oh there's always I another to that
1: yeah there's always another AP class there's one more thing that they can do to get into a top college there's another activity that yeah. they need to be doing and I was in I mean I was in like six different clubs when I started college because I was trying to figure out you were every, so involved girl yeah. I don't
0: know how you were able to do that I mean I remember being really jealous of you and thinking like how the fuck is she keeping this up? Like, yeah,
1: well, I was, like, I was taking full-time classes and getting straight A's, being involved in all these clubs, working two part-time jobs. I mean, it got to a point where I, I was killing myself. Yeah. Um. And I saw that. Yeah. And you didn't want to stop because, you know. Well, I couldn't stop. Because yeah. if I stopped, I had to think.
0: That's fair. Been there.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um. That's why I listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah don't blame you
1: yeah
0: (laughs) um being alone with my own thoughts even listening to music is too much yeah because music gives me the feels yeah (laughs) and it's not an active enough distraction for my thoughts so I'll listen to a book or a podcast that's one of the coping mechanisms I've kind of developed for myself
1: yeah that's a good one
0: yeah um but like especially to fall asleep yeah Being alone in the dark with my own thoughts is awful, (laughs) so I have to distract myself. Again, music isn't enough, Yeah. so it's either I fall asleep watching a TV show, like maybe Friends or something that I've seen a whole bunch of times, Yeah. or something mild, not ever anything scary or violent or anything like that, so like, you know, yeah.
1: I have to be really careful about what I watch anymore, like if I, that's why I watch things a hundred times because mm-hmm. i know it and i know it's not going to you know it's safe It's not going to trigger you yeah. yeah like i watched twilight in the store so many times customers started saying like they were like is it a twilight marathon i'm like no mm-hmm. i just really like twilight and i work all the time it's
0: just my happy place that's what i did with harry potter a lot yeah if i really needed to go to my happy place i'd pop in order the phoenix or yeah um, or a marvel movie you know something
1: she was uh Luther was also talking about um it's tempting to blame the helicopter parents. That's so
0: funny, because that's my cat's name. <laughs> Aww. You keep saying <laughs> you keep saying Luther and his handsome face keeps popping up. Aww.
1: Um, so it's tempting to blame helicopter parents. Um but several anxiety experts pointed to an important shift in the last few years.
0: Well it seems like helicopter parents are suffering from anxiety themselves.
1: Yeah. And I mean, well. if that's so instilled kind of, in you, you're probably going to have the same reaction to things that they have, you know?
0: Well, I mean, that's like what you were talking about before, about how your grandmother made you watch all that stuff because she was afraid. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. same kind of projection. Yeah. She was kind of a helicopter parent, too. But, well, not parent, oh. but a helicopter person. We'll call oh, her she a was. a helicopter person. <laughs> yeah. A helicopter relative. Oh, God. <laughs> We'll get into Kay's family, y'all. Like, don't worry. <laughs> oh
1: we'll bring my mom on for that. No.
0: <laughs> Hi, Karen.
1: <laughs> I love you, Mama. Um, she is actually listening. I'm so happy. Yay. Um, she'll be
0: our only listener.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she'll be the only Patreon supporter.
0: Yay! <laughs> um, Please listen, rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. Please support us on Patreon. <laughs>
1: Okay, so um yeah, so basically the shift that we're seeing now especially in like teenagers um is that these students have internalized this anxiety. Uh so she said the kids at this point are driving themselves crazy and that just kind of hit me in a weird Oh, a wow. weird nostalgic way because yeah. I remember being up at 2 a.m. trying to finish my chemistry homework because I didn't get it and I could not let myself go to sleep until I finished yeah. it. Yeah,
0: and well, it's that perfectionism thing, too, that
1: yeah. um, a lot
0: of people with anxiety tend towards, you know.
1: So, um, but despite, like, everybody, like, knowing about it and, like, mm-hmm. it being a cultural concern now, um, our understanding of it... Um, especially as far as mental health stereotypes are concerned, remains developmentally stunted. So, like, basically, we're not moving forward. We're kind of in this situation where we know that it's happening, and we know that it's at a very large scale, but we don't know how to move forward from that.
0: I mean, that's fair. I mean, psychology in general is such a new, it's such a new thing. Yeah, it's a new anyway. science. Like, it's, it's really not yeah. that long ago that someone was walk was running around the country in a lobotomy ice cream truck, just giving out lobotomies. That's oh, a real thing. Gross. Listen to the dollop. I'll plug that. <laughs> if you want to learn about that one. Oh, gross. Yeah. It's, um, it's I mean, it's, it's ever evolving and we're yeah. always learning new things Yeah, in our lifetime. Multiple personality disorder has been disproved. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Has been discovered and disproved. Yeah. It's just, it's an ever-evolving thing. The brain is so mysterious. Like, we just don't...
1: And we only use 10% of it. Exactly. So, like,
0: who... Actively. Like, we yeah. don't
1: know. And you know something that fucked me up? Hmm. I was reading, I think it it was probably a Tumblr post. Um, but someone was like, you realize that the brain named itself.
0: Oh, shit! Yeah. How drunk am I? That's crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to think about that too much. Because that's going to. I feel like
0: I'm going down a tunnel. (laughs) That's going to give me a crisis. Yeah. Um, Someone's going to comment or email and be like, they are so stupid. I can't believe that blew their mind. (laughs)
1: Whatever. It blew my mind. It did. So I'm going to let it continue to blow my mind. Yeah. Like. I mean, if you think about it, like the brain is
0: an entity.
1: Yeah, seriously,
0: that's that's so nuts. I mean, if you if you think about it, I mean, that would probably be where. I mean, if if you believe in souls, I mean, that would be where it resides. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Well, then, and and then that brings in the whole debate of like brain dead and things like that. So, um, science is magic, and we'll never understand it (laughs) (laughs) fully. That's my feelings on it. I majored in English.
1: <laughs> Same.
0: <laughs> English and theater. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So um, anxiety when channeled positively can be extremely impactful. Um, um, all right. So Serene uh, Kier- Kierkegaard, he's Kier- a Danish. Kierkegaard? Yeah, he's Kierkegaard. a Danish philosopher. I'm not going to get it right. Kier-
0: Kierkegaard. I <laughs> like that. That's a fun name. Kier
1: Kierkegaard. Kier
0: Kierkegaard. Dr. Kierkegaard.
1: <Kier-kier-kidder. laughs> Kierkegaard? I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, Dr. C. <laughs> yeah. K. K. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you will call me doctor. No, I'm just you- kidding. <laughs> His name starts with a, his last name starts with the K. God, I can't pronounce. It's just it. like
0: when I say okay to you, but I abbreviate it to K, and you think I'm saying your name.
1: Yeah, that's good times. <laughs> um, okay, so he was a Danish philosopher, theologian, poet, social critic, and religious author who is wow. widely considered to be the first existentialist philosopher. He was active in the 1800s and he believed that anxiety was a necessary component of creativity. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And without it, genius would be incomplete. What? Yeah. Um, that makes
0: me feel so much better. Yeah, this, this
1: <laughs> story is going to blow your mind. That's why I'm so excited. Uh, so, one of the experts uh, Stossel interviews, who's David Barlow, the founder. Oh, are we, and, we into your story now? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Gotcha. Uh, he is the founder and director, Emmetrius.
0: A- emeritus Emer- <laughs> emeritus yeah. Ooh.
1: you can tell this is copy and paste fancy yeah um he's fancy yeah uh, <laughs> uh, he is a boston university center for anxiety and related disorders um echoes this sentiment without anxiety little would be accomplished the performance of wow. athletes entertainers executives artisans and students would suffer creativity would diminish crops might not be planted and we would all achieve that idyllic state long sought after in our fast paced society of whiling away our lives under a shade tree. this would be as deadly oh. as uh this would be as deadly for the species as nuclear war, so
0: he's saying like if we didn't worry about anything, yeah, we would just thing. sit
1: and waste well, that's fair, yeah, we would just be like
0: not all pot potheads are like this, but we all know potheads who are you know who's who just sit in are completely content to just literally just sit and do nothing yeah, for days or sit and play video games or sit and, you know, read, whatever it is that you do when you're high. I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't partake because I have an addictive personality as we discussed earlier. Oh
1: yeah. I can only
0: handle one vice at a time and I choose wine. So
1: (laughs) yeah, my mom told me to not ever drink while I was telling her about all the Harry Potter, um illustrated editions that are coming out and how i was going to have all of them she's like please don't start drinking
0: what do you mean (laughs) i don't understand i have an addictive
1: personality
0: oh because you're addicted to harry potter (laughs) yeah i have a harry potter tattoo don't you too you both have harry potter tattoos yeah i have all of them too i have all the illustrated ones yeah me too anyway um okay i mean it's better than doing coke
1: yeah seriously i could be doing much worse yeah fuck Fuck it it. (laughs) um all right so tell me what you know about charles darwin
0: uh evolution
1: yes he is um he's credited with evolution yeah he is the father of evolution um that but, theory, yeah. Yeah. But did you know that he had extreme anxiety?
0: That doesn't surprise me in the fucking slightest.
1: Um, I never, you, of course you're, you're I mean, never going to learn this. I never thought about it. Yeah.
0: Because you don't hear that about people mm-hmm. from yeah. history,
1: mm-hmm. which you're, is
0: what is so alienating Yeah, about mental illness is because you don't hear about it. The only time we hear about it is when it's devastating. Yeah. You know? Is when it's someone who literally went crazy and like named their advisor as a horse <laughs> or some crazy, you know, some, or you know, yeah, or you know something like that, and yeah. then we feel it makes all of us with just general mental illness feel like
1: very something alienated. to be ashamed yeah. of, yeah, and
0: that's not cool. So we're we're stopping that right now <laughs> and stop it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, Charles Darwin is best known for his work on the theory of evolution, well, Mm -hmm. which he detailed in his book on the origin of species. Um, it was published in 1859, which was 21 years after he actually did his first voyage around the Galapagos Islands, where he, like, came up with this theory and, um, started writing his book. Interesting. Yeah, he had to wait 21 years before he could get up the courage to publish well, it. that
0: makes me feel better. Yeah. It took me 30 years to uh, <laughs> do something creative.
1: Yeah, same here. That
0: I've been wanting to do for a long time, but didn't know it existed as a thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so um, it was published in 1859, um, and it stated that all life on Earth descended over time from common ancestors, and a process of natural selection governs the branching pattern of biological changes. Uh, the biologist had seemingly odd habits, from his stringent daily routine to his despairingly despondent moods, to his obsessive list of the pros and cons of marriage. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, just wait. The
0: pros and cons. Say that. Say that list again. Sorry.
1: A uh, list of the pros and cons of marriage. No, um, before
0: that, you said he. He from from what? to?
1: yeah. So he had a stringent daily routine, one that oh, he had to I follow see. very I strictly. See. And then he had despairingly despondent moods, so, like, depression amplified. Oh, despondent. I see what you're yeah. saying.
0: Yeah, so he was he would just sit there. I yeah. see what you're saying. And then he was, there.
1: like, obsessive about the pros and cons of marriage. Um, wow, that's a strange thing to obsess over. Well, right. he loved his wife so much, and you'll see that um, coming up. Like, he um, he calls her E. Her name was Emma. Uh, they had Aww. ten children together. Wow. Yeah. Um and I'm they amazed. were fertile and busy. Yeah, I'm amazed by that. Um, as ten, t- I why. can't comprehend ten children. Yeah, no, I couldn't imagine. My dog of is course it
0: was. Th- yeah, I mean like and your piggies. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god! Like when? Wait, when was he? He when was he around 18, 1800s?
1: Yes. I want to say he was born on in eighteen oh nine. Eighteen oh nine. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I
0: thought it was quite early eighteen. Yeah. 17 felt wrong so yeah. yeah 1800s i'm picturing him in like knickers and a in <laughs> <and> an ascot <laughs> and a top hat Yeah. <laughs> with a mustache
1: <laughs> he had a great beard going
0: i bet he did
1: yeah, he did oh he
0: did i remember pictures now um we should post a picture of charles
1: yeah i will get one charles <laughs> i have a very nice one that i can pull up uh, charles, so darling. so these habits um it's considered like of course, he's dead, so they can't officially diagnose him. Right. But for 150 years, they've been trying to figure out what he had, because he keeps a journal. Um, I should just read. Well, of course, because everyone kept a diary yeah. back then, but... Uh, so, this was his best adaptation strategy for controlling a chronic anxiety, which rendered him among the legions of great minds, evidencing the relationship between creativity well, and mental illness.
0: Well, that's a coping mechanism that I've heard of. Yeah it just doesn't work for me cuz i can't i can't keep that as a routine yeah i can keep other routines yeah but committing to journaling every day isn't something that i that works for me personally that mm. works for a lot of people and i have journaled before when i've been feeling really overwhelmed i mean it mm. is a wonderful way to put down all of your thoughts and think well
1: he didn't like it journal gives you persp- i
0: mean it gives you perspective
1: yeah he didn't journal in the way that People normally would. Um, really? Yeah, let me. Well, his doctor. Special. Yeah, his doctor made him keep a diary of health.
0: Oh, well, like a health diary.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. Give me a minute to yeah, get there. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, so he was born into a wealthy family on February 12th, 1809. Uh-huh. Um, but tragedy stuck, struck early. God, I can't talk. And uh, Darwin's mother died when the boy was just eight years old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And his older oh, sisters became maternal no. figures. Yeah, it gets worse. Um, so this was
0: him when he was a kid.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's awful. And I can sympathize. I can sympathize with him more than I realized I could when yeah. I was doing my research. Uh, so his father, Robert, was a doctor, yeah. and he was very strict. Um, mm-hmm. So he had aspirations for Darwin to follow in his footsteps, and he. He just didn't care about medicine. He liked biology, but he didn't want anything to do with, like, medication and, like, helping humans. He just was interested in the world. So, um, despite going on to pursue his interest in natural science, he maintained a strong desire to please his father. And um, his father died in 1848, and it led to a nervous breakdown.
0: I can relate to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether
0: I want to admit it or not, my parents' opinion of me is very, it's still very much a thing. I mean, that's why I've been, I i, I just came out of a cloud when I finally got this new job. Yeah. Because I've been so ashamed, feeling like I'm a disappointment to them and stuff. And I've even said that out loud, like, oh, I won't be a disappointment to you anymore because I have this job now. And they're like, whatever made you think that? And i it, it just, it snapped me out of it and made me realize that I was 100% projecting it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just because they don't say that they're proud of me doesn't mean that... They're not. Well, it doesn't mean that I'm repulsive or a disappointment just because they don't say that they're proud of me all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just... I mean, it's just very much ingrained in me. I, I don't want them to feel like they've wasted... Wasted time. Wasted time or wasted their money or... You know, because I'm not a teacher anymore and I'm not... I'm still using my degree very much and I always have. Even when I was, didn't have this particular job or wasn't doing this, which is clearly language and theater, but, um, yeah. you know, I mean, anxiety, right? Yeah. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> anxiety, am I right?
1: <laughs> Merch idea.
0: <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> if that ever happens.
1: Oh, God, please. Um, <laughs> and
0: just some dude, like, shrugging underneath. Someone draw that, please.
1: <laughs> um, okay. I might need
0: to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with this chardonnay
1: um Maybe so he to water so before starting his 5 year voyage aboard the hms beagle and that's what he used to go around the galapagos islands and you his know his boat
0: was named beagle it was Aww, that's adorable right <laughs>
1: um so he was I did not know
0: a- how much i like charles darwin
1: <laughs> i know me neither <laughs> wow yeah. uh, so he would experience like anxiety attacks headaches and eczema type skin irritations Wow. Um, and historians think that it was psychosomatic because he was just so fucking nervous all the time. I
0: mean, yeah, I broke out in hives. Yeah. I get blotchy and stuff. That's crazy. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um. So going back to Scott Stossel, he... My eczema
0: does flare up when I'm stressed, now
1: that I think about it. Yeah. It's probably psychosomatic. Wow. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Connecting the dots for the first time here, y'all. <laughs>
1: Okay, so um, earlier I mentioned, or I read a definition by Scott Stossel, and he wrote a book called In My Age of Anxiety, Fear, Hope, Dread, and the Search for Peace of Mind.
0: Wow, that sounds like an incredible book.
1: I know. I really want to read it, because this guy is awesome. Yeah. Um, It's his sweeping mental health memoir um explores our culture of anxiety and its costs um so he examines darwin specifically okay um he seems examines... like it touches
0: on kind of what i was talking about too
1: yeah uh he's exa-
0: the cost isn't just monetary yeah,
1: yeah. oh Sorry. that got deep anyway <laughs> it's okay <laughs> so he uh starts looking at darwin's diaries and letters um proposing that the reason the great scientist spent a good third of his waking hours on the beagle in bed or sick, um, as well as the cause of his life, his lifelong laundry list of medical symptoms was his struggle with anxiety.
0: Oh, my gosh. What I were, didn't realize it, how
1: sick he was. Like, he was does genuinely sick. Did it say what his sick.
0: symptoms were? Was he, like, throwing up? Oh, oh it's okay. I'm about to get
1: into it. So, um, observers going back to Aristotle... Um, And Sigmund Freud and um, William and Henry James, like, they have all had really bad anxiety that flared up and, like, just... See, we never learned
0: about that shit in social studies Mm -hmm. when we're all stressed to the max and full of hormones. Fuck!
1: Yeah, they would... Power paid attention! Yeah, they would get... They would literally get the shits because they would be so nervous, Um, which... (laughs) I've had that. Yeah, which is. Before I had
0: my interview to be a teacher, I had the worst diarrhea of my life.
1: Oh my god.
0: Hi, students, if you're listening, I know you're following us on Instagram.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just to let you know, fun fact. Um, so basically to summarize, everyone who did something worthwhile ended up with the shits from anxiety. Wow. So, um, but for debilitating, wow, debilitating nervous stomach complaints, nothing compares to that which afflicted poor Charles Darwin, who spent decades of his life prostrated by his upset stomach. Stomach. Wow, can't talk. Oh no. Yeah. Um. I guess he
0: didn't. Go ahead. Sorry, I should stop asking because i'm sure you're gonna get to it i guess he didn't try any kind of like herbal remedies for it like valerian root or peppermint or anything like natural like from the 1800s or anything i'm gonna get to it yeah okay See, so yeah, i should stop <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: um so darwin was extremely sick because of his overpowering anxiety of course, right uh and they think that that's why his influential studies of human emotion were of such intense interest to him see i didn't know that
0: all you hear about is the evolution thing
1: yeah he he's so cool, I mean
0: we need to study that more.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, so Stossel points to a diary of health that the scientist kept for six years between the ages of forty and forty-six at the urging of his physician because they could not figure it out. Um, he filed dozens of, or he filled dozens of pages with uh, complaints like chronic fatigue. Severe stomach pain and flatulence, frequent vomiting. Sorry. <laughs> I know.
0: I'm twelve <laughs> Doctor, Doctor, I'm farting so much. I just have nervous farts. <laughs> I'm so sorry, it's not funny.
1: That was oh, it's fine. Oh
0: god. It's
1: fine. I I had to not giggle. <laughs>
0: I'll be the 12 year old, even though I'm older. (laughs) Um. My stomach hurts and I can't stop farting. (laughs) I'm just picturing the classiest man coming in with this. I'm just. Dog dumb I'm farting a lot.
1: Thank God the doctors can't say anything. And I
0: also like, think we may have evolved from single-celled organisms. Can
1: Survivor, you imagine that, Doctor?
0: Survival of the fittest. I'm farting so much.
1: <laughs> I'm farting right now. I'm farting
0: as we speak.
1: <laughs> um, oh my God. Okay. So, um... He would have frequent vomiting, dizziness, trembling, insomnia, rashes, eczema, boils, heart heart palpitations, wow, and pain and melancholy. So, like, and, you know, I'm reading all of this and I'm just thinking, you know, how, what his mind must have been like, you know, Mm -hmm. how crazy it was to, like, see what he saw and, be able to put together this theory of evolution that was going to change the way we looked well, at he everything. Really
0: incredibly intelligent and self-aware.
1: Yeah. Could you imagine the amount of nervous energy that just knowing all of that probably just gave to him everything in his head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I couldn't imagine.
0: F- I mean, not to be super nerdy sounds a lot like Dumbledore with like how Dumbledore was talking about like the pensive and stuff those uh-huh. of you who haven't read Harry Potter go do it now you muggle yeah. um but he he's always talking about I'll explain so um there's a bit in Harry Potter where there's like a basin full of thoughts and it's where Dumbledore like siphons his thoughts out of his mind to put them in the bowl and it's during a time of serious unrest and it's probably when when Dumbledore's feeling the most anxiety and he, he looks at Harry and says you know when I, I often feel as though my head is bursting with too many thoughts, and this helps me pull them out and and, and address them one by one and revisit them when I when I need to. Yeah. And well, I was just gonna s- say, you his know, his head must have been so
1: full. Yeah.
0: The brilliant people of our of our generation or of our lifetimes, mm-hmm. like just you know, you always you think of the pen, pr- like the spikes, you know, the the main the highlights of of the people who really are the most influential and who really hold so much so much creativity and so much i don't know i don't know where what i'm trying to say but just think of how brilliant he was and to oh, yeah. know or think you know to theorize the way that he did is is on par with a with a greek philosophers oh yeah you know what i'm saying it's just whether yeah. you agree with him or not you have to admit that it's quite brilliant
1: yeah and it just it makes me really sad Um, you know reading like I had no idea I just thought that he was somebody that I didn't like because I had to learn (laughs) he made (laughs) me learn learn things (laughs) yeah Um, so okay in 1865 so this is six years after he um, publishes the origin of species Um, okay so he's 56 at this time and he writes a letter to another physician uh, John Chapman outlining the multitude of symptoms that had bedeviled him for decades
0: bedeviled
1: isn't that a beautiful word
0: lovely yeah i'm gonna use that <laughs> i've been feeling bedeviled by the shits and <laughs> and many many farts today oh my God.
1: <laughs> you're not gonna let that go That's so funny. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm glad i can make you laugh though
0: I mean, think about how much Charles Darwin is idolized. and that's Yeah. Just, I'm sorry. It's not funny that he was experiencing this much anxiety, but it is funny to think about someone who we've idealized so much having chronic farts. Oh, <laughs> oh my God.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Okay. <laughs> you're going to laugh again. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay, so... He, he writes this letter, and so this is a direct quote from him. For 25 years, extreme, spasmodic, daily and nightly flatulence. <laughs> That's the thing extreme. he opens with.
0: That makes me think of Big Mouth when the, the dad has too many scallops and, like, he farts and the bed covers flutter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Could you imagine 25 years of that?
0: No. Of farts? No.
1: I wouldn't... Oh, man. If I were his wife, I would be like, honey, you got to get that out of
0: control. <laughs> honey, you got to see a doctor.
1: <laughs> you have to. <laughs> you have to or I'm leaving you. Oh, I'm
0: leaving. The farts are too much, Charles. They're too much. <laughs>
1: um, Okay. Occasional vomiting on two occasions prolonged during months. Vomiting preceded by shivering, hysterical crying, dying sensations or half faint, and copious and very pallid urine.
0: I mean, that sounds like a panic attack to me. I don't know about the urine thing. That seems unrelated, but
1: I don't know. So, now vomiting in every passage of flatulence preceded by ringing of ears, treading on air and vision, nervousness when e leaves me so e refers to his wife emma yeah Yeah. he loved her very dearly and she had his 10 children so she must have loved him too
0: (laughs) i mean i hope so
1: yeah i would yeah i would hope
0: there's probably not much written about her yeah (laughs) of course not (laughs) she was just the wife yeah according to history of course i'm just kidding i don't know she probably just didn't diary or something
1: So, he was really frustrated because he had been to dozens of physicians, like, including his own father, and no one had been able to help him. So, uh, by the time he wrote to Dr. Chapman, Darwin had spent most of the past five, or the past three decades, wow, during which time he'd struggled heroically to write On the Origin of Species, Housebound by General Invalidity. Invalidity, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go like, with he's that. He's
0: probably, like, bedridden.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. He spent a full third but of his struggled daytime. with it
0: so much. That's so tragic.
1: Yeah, he spent a full third of his daytime hours since the age of 28, either vomiting or laying in bed.
0: Oh, no! And what's sad is that some people go through that and think that that's just some kind of digestive disorder or something. They don't. Yeah. They, they don't go and get help. That's so upsetting.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this doctor um, had treated many prominent Victorian intellectuals who were knocked up with anxiety at one time or another. Up. Yeah.
0: They were <laughs> pregnant with
1: anxiety.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and farts. <laughs> there was flatulence all around.
1: <laughs> Everybody was farting and shitting. It and was not a fun and, time. And barfing and... So, he he specialized in this, and he um, put it as those high, strong neurotics whose minds are highly cultivated and developed, um, and often complicated, modified, and dominated by subtle psychical conflicts, whose (laughs) intensity and bearing on the physical and malady, wow, I'm not going to say that anymore. Malady? Malady, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is difficult to comprehend.
0: Um, Some smarter people. Yeah. That, that's got to be a statistic that yeah. people who are very in, highly intelligent are more prone to anxiety. Yeah. Because you tend to overthink and, yeah. So are you ready for how he treated people? The doctor? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I love old medicine shit because it's awful. Uh-huh. I don't love it because it's horrific, but it's just... I find it fascinating. This is awful. I That's don't... what I mean by love. Yeah. Oh
1: no, it's gonna be so bad. He prescribed the application of ice to the spinal cord for almost all diseases of nervous origin. So what? he like he went to the central nervous system and was like, hmm, if I put ice on this, like maybe... to
0: cool down. Yeah. Like literally, is this where we get that phrase? Because I will lose my shit. Probably. Hey, go cool down. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't handle that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this
0: poor doctor was doing his best, but damn. Yeah.
1: So he comes out to the country estate in late May 1865, and Darwin spent several... Says, Charlie, we must just, we
0: must bathe you in ice because you're just such a tight ball of nerves. Oh, yes. And your farts are driving your wife insane. <laughs>
1: Oh god. Okay, so um he spent several hours each day over the next several months encased in ice. So not oh, just Oh literally,
0: I was kidding. Oh my god. They actually inca- like encased stuck him. him in an ice
1: bath. Yeah. I don't know how he didn't get frostbite and That's die. That's horrific. I can't yeah. even
0: think of athletes do that shit. Yeah. I mean, it's a common thing they they use that method now that I think about it for Hundreds of years in psych wards. Yeah. Ooh. Ice baths was a thing for a long time.
1: I couldn't imagine. So he composed cru- crucial sections of the variation of animals and plants under domestication with ice bags packed around his spine. Yeah, wow. so he did a lot of writing while he and was... And he was
0: still able to function. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to his dri- his creative drive and his need to get these thoughts out. hmm
1: Well, um... Surprise, surprise. That didn't work. No. <laughs> uh, so, um.
0: Being really cold doesn't help your anxiety.
1: Yeah. So. It burns like, a
0: lot of calories, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, his family and himself, like, really enjoyed this doctor, but they were like, okay, well, this we're isn't working. Yeah. yeah. And so they sent him home. So, um. Oh, no. Yeah. So I think that was pretty much the last thing that he tried. Um, Charles Darwin. So he didn't try
0: any kind of, like, herbal remedy or
1: not that i could see
0: oh that's so sad yeah because there's so many now like yeah i mean that's how i maintain now because i know how i should feel because i've been in therapy and i've been medicated and i know kind of how i should feel and so Mm -hmm. i just cry. kind of i've found things that help me help me get there that are natural which is not everyone's journey like i said i'm just that's just mine there there are things that work that are natural. Mm-hmm. And once you get to a certain point that 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 can be an
1: option for very for many people. And I just yeah. I
0: kind of thought that that was common knowledge for a long time.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure why he didn't try that. I think just probably because of his medical background like oh seeing like his father. doctors are the
0: worst patients yeah. kind of
1: thing. He just kind of Yeah. I'm I'm sure he didn't ascribe to that. Yeah. Um subscribe subscribe <laughs> it's okay <laughs> i'm ready to go to bed it's so
0: tired it's, yeah it's fine it's 8:30, but <laughs> i've still got an,
1: another for hour us to it's 8:30 like, at night yeah. yeah um okay so it's been a long day yeah so he's quoted as saying even in ill health though it has annihilated several years of my life has saved me from the distractions of society um mm. yeah he just i think that he needed to Not that he needed to have this disease, but I think that he just couldn't let himself be distracted by anything else in society anymore. So I think that he kind of saw it as a blessing. So he saw that in himself, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, The Journal of the American Medical Association did a report on him, um, and they claim that the disorder may have had profound implications for science. Had it not been for this illness, his theory of evolution might not have become the all-consuming passion that produced on the origin of species. Uh, This passion keeps him going through the rest of his life. Um, I have a little timeline of his time after seeing Dr. Chapman. Mm -hmm. Um, In 1866, Darwinism begins to dominate the views of the British Association, as Darwin's chief scientific supporters, Hooker and Huxley, are presidents. Um... In 1868, The Variation of Animals and Plants Under Domestication is published. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1871, The Descent of Man is published, and the origin is extensively rewritten to answer arguments by M- Mivert, uh, the sixth <laughs> and last edition, yep. uses the word evolution for the first time. Wow. Uh, in 1877, Cambridge bestows Darwin with an honorary doctorate of law. Um, so in 1882, um, I saw a couple of different dates. It's either April 10th or April 19th. Um, he had had a heart attack on Christmas, and then oh, like no. suffered with like other strokes and just general things that come after having a heart attack. Yeah, um, just the repercussions. And in the 1800s. Yeah, he died of congestive heart failure. We, so he died. Um, 1882. Okay. Yeah, he suffered for the for months. I mean, even worse than That's he had so sad. in any part of his life.
0: But what's incredible is that someone with this anxiety disorder... Uh, changed was science. Still, well, and was still able to produce so much. Yeah. Even without proper treatment, which isn't to say, So think what would have happened if he... What, think of the potential he could have unlocked within himself yeah. if he had had proper treatment.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I mean... And if he had been able to publish that earlier, who knows where we would be think with science now. how much more now.
0: focused he could have been if he hadn't been packed in ice. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if he could have talked himself through his emotions, if he could have been able to eat properly because he could keep his food down, because he'd been able to talk himself through, or could have used some form of actual medication that yeah. could have helped him, whatever was available in that time. I'm sure there was something effective, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just
1: it was just finding that's the so right tragic, doctor but he's
0: still incredible i mean he's and he still was
1: incredible we yeah. still
0: talk about him to this day that's insane yeah we,
1: he's in all of our history and I science didn't books i know that yeah um for 150 years people tried to figure out what was wrong with him someone said that it had to be lactose intolerance i'm like i don't think so oh wow no that's
0: not quite <laughs> I mean, I could see that, because it does make you fart and have the shits, but...
1: He probably had a touch of it, but that was not the overwhelming.
0: Mm, I mean, this seems insanely extreme, and it seems like he's kind of self-proclaimed that it was stress. Yeah. They wouldn't have just leapt to that. Yeah. But
1: that... Oh, man. Poor man. Yeah. Um, But, like, when he would go... Um, when he would stop working and go walking or riding in the Scottish Highlands or North Wales, his health would be restored. And he would be fine.
0: Oh, if I could just go and walk in the Scottish Highlands, my health would be to be restored. <laughs> <laughs> I kept that
1: in there just for just you. Just
0: for me, <laughs> because you know that's my yeah. blood.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, that is the story of Charles Darwin. Um, my call to action is just meditating. That has helped me beyond words. Um, there are so many apps. There are free uh, things that you can listen to on YouTube. Uh, I personally enjoy The Honest Guys and Jason Stevenson. Um, I've never tried meditation. Yeah. You have to start out slow. Like, if you've never meditated before, you have to start with five minutes and then go to ten minutes. And God, then that sounds like so
0: long. It is. To just do nothing. It is, but you... I feel like I would have to start for a minute. Yeah. And that minute would be spent trying to empty my thought. I would have to do some sort of guided thing because yeah. I can't. I mean, yeah, my definitely own thoughts guided.
1: would just drive me crazy. That's what I love about Honest Guys and Jason Stevenson because I have a really hard time like stopping all of my thoughts, mm-hmm. and um, they they guide you and they tell you, "Hey, get back here," you know, focus. Yeah,
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, um, and like stress toys are really awesome. Um, I my favorite is the fidget dice toy which is like all those different things that you can click and turn on and off and like play with mm-hmm. uh, just in your hand and like not bother anybody else and just um most importantly just channel that nervous or anxious energy into your or out of your body like get it out of you mm-hmm. and into something else like creating or exercising or analyzing
0: exercising is huge yeah. that was really helpful when i was having roommate issues i wouldn't i just didn't want to be in my dorm room and i would go to the gym yeah and just get on the elliptical. I mean, that's huge. We also definitely want to recommend therapy.
1: Oh, yeah. Could therapy not recommend that Therapy has been
0: huge. Therapy and, if necessary, medication. And I do want to say, I know a lot of people are against drugs and things like that. If you need it, you need it. And if you don't, you don't. And your therapist is the person to tell you whether you need it or not. Um, I know there's a big pharmaceutical issue going on in our country right now, but... If you need your pair of glasses, you need your pair of glasses. If you need your antidepressant or your anti-anxiety, you need it. Yeah. And even if you can talk to your therapist and be like, I would like to work towards Mm -hmm. not being on it, that's an option for you. But that's for your therapist to decide. And there's no shame in needing to be on it forever. There's Mm -hmm. no shame in needing to be on it for a week. There's no shame in it. We all need help sometimes. And we just want everyone to know that you're not alone.
1: And you are not alone.
0: And you're not a monster. See you next um, week. Oh well, wait a minute! We oh. forgot, ladies' night. Oh shoot, ladies' mont, ma- ladies' night. I thought you were closing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I just that
1: felt right. It, it did, did feel right. It was beautiful. Uh, that was our closing, but we want to do a ladies' night question because those are fun, and Yay. Uh, we want to cheer ourselves up. <laughs> uh, you get to roll
0: the dice. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's see
1: question two all right oh god
0: i'm so excited
1: what's the most childish thing that you own that i own uh-huh
0: i personally or that's in my house
1: you personally hmm.
0: see i don't consider them childish though i have i collect those pop vinyl figures
1: Oh, I love those. Yeah, I've um, them,
0: and I have a bunch of action figures. Every t- whenever I unpack them, my mom's like, "You're an adult, Carrie," and <laughs> I mean, I laugh it off because yeah. I, I mean, it, I mean, it's just who I am. But um, I used to own some Monster High DVDs. Very nice from work as well. <laughs> I own a lot of Harry Potter fanware. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, my purse is Harry Potter.
0: I mean, if we were talking about in my house, my husband collects old video games. So I have a fuck ton of Nintendo, like Super Nintendo games. I have a Sega Genesis. I think we have an Atari. I have all three of those classic systems that have been released right there on my TV that we can see. I've got a Super Nintendo, a PlayStation, and I don't know what that other one is. <laughs> but it's something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo. Yeah, he'll kill me when he listens to this, but that's fine.
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't even consider those things childish anymore because no, I. Everybody,
0: see that's what I'm saying. I don't yeah.
1: know. Oh God. What
0: about you? Can I play the fifth? No. <laughs> um. Oh God. <sighs> Do you have any stuffed animals?
1: Yeah, I have a lot. I have a ton of stuffed animals.
0: All right. Well. This has been Talk Cricket. Yeah. Sorry that this went on for so long, but there's just so much that I didn't want to cut out. Yeah, and we're um, so
1: excited to talk and, about this.
0: And this, yeah, this is a topic that we both feel really passionately about. So thank you guys so much for listening. And
1: remember, you are you not, are a, not monster. a monster. Hey,
0: guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Cricket. Check out our Tumblr blog, at Talk Cricket for sources and photos. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at talk crooked you can listen to us on apple podcasts google play and soundcloud please rate review and subscribe we are currently a self-funded podcast so if you would like to donate and receive a shout out on air please visit us at patreon.com
1: talk crooked eventually we will start doing listener episodes if you have your personal stories related to our previous episodes email us at talk at gmail.com for business inquiries or sponsorships, email us at carry and at gmail.com. K okay, bye.